0: Hey, this is Kyle Papano. I'm the pastor of Legacy Church in Orange County, and this is our podcast. Thank you for joining us today. I hope this message encourages you and it helps you experience what God is doing in your life. Enjoy the message. Thank you. Thank you. I feel like um, I need to sanitize this after you said go Niners. Yeah. Let me ask you something. We we were talking on the lobby and so I know that our online family is with us this morning. Did anybody come expecting God to do do, do something today? Did you you come expecting God to say something to you? Did you come expecting him to to move on your behalf? Because if you didn't, I want to charge you now, start, start anticipating that. Because I believe that God has something for us this morning. I believe that he wants to speak something to your heart. And so if you would turn with me all the way to the beginning of your Bible, we're gonna be in Genesis uh, chapter 15. And we're gonna start at verse one, Genesis chapter 15. It shouldn't be that difficult. You should be approximately, yeah, you can, you can take a seat if you want. We're gonna read a couple of verses and it's a little longer than normal. Um, uh, should be about 20-ish pages into your Bible. Genesis fifteen it says this. Sometime later, the Lord spoke to Abram in a vision and said to him, "Do not be afraid, Abram, for I will protect you, and your reward will be great." But Abram replied, "O Sovereign Lord, what good are all of your blessings when I don't even have a son? Do you guys ever talk back to God? <laughs> no." Am I the only one who, like, God will say something, and I'm like, but God, how are you going to do that? He said, I will bless you. I will make your name great. And he goes, well, how are you going to do that? I don't even have a son. He talked back. Then it says, um, since you have given me no children, Eleazar of Damascus, a servant in my household, will inherit all of my wealth. You have given me no descendants of my own, so one of my servants will be my heir. Heir. Then the Lord said to him, no, your servant will not be your heir. Which, by the way, if you ever fight with God, this is kind of, uh, this is the way I picture him saying it. Like, this is what I want to do for you. But God, no, this is what I'm going to do for you. Okay? He says... um, no, your servant will not be your heir, for you will have a son of your own who will be your heir. Then the Lord took Abram outside. So this is, this is the verse that I want to focus on, 5 and 6. Then the Lord took Abram outside and said to him, Look up to the sky and count the stars if you can. That's how many descendants you will have. And Abram believed the Lord, and the Lord counted him as righteous because of his faith. Um, I don't know about you, but I would love it if God would count me righteous because of my faith. I want to talk with you for a moment this morning about sleeping under the stars. So Father, I pray that you would speak in this time, that you would use this time to grow your people, to grow us as, as individuals, but God also as a church. We thank you. We recognize that we are here um, largely in part to your blessing our church. And so, Father, I pray that your grace would be here, that your word would be here, and you'd speak. We love you, and it's in your name we pray together. And everyone said together, amen, amen. Well, hey, I, uh, I want to say happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to Legacy Church. It was two years ago this month that we started. And believe it or not, we started in this room, and then we moved. And then, uh, so we went online for about 17 weeks. And, and uh, Cam, I'll tell you what, would you be a favor? Would you bring up my, my prop for me? Um, we moved online for 17 weeks, and then we started meeting at Vanguard, because Vanguard was cool enough to let us meet on their lawn for free. Come on, somebody. We like free rent. And then, uh, we moved back outside here to the picnic tables. Anybody remember having to take those picnic tables away? I know Jose does. You, you had to move those things sometimes by yourself. You're just a beast. Uh, yeah, you and Jacob really helped us out there. And then, we finally got to move back inside. And when I read the Old Testament and I see what God did over and over and over in his people, he moved his people so many times. And I think there's something cool about being moved multiple times because of this. It doesn't let you get comfortable in any one spot. Okay? You can only be comfortable in the presence of God. And as long as you are comfortable in the presence of God and you pay attention to that, you can be comfortable anywhere. It doesn't matter if it's indoors with with air conditioning. It doesn't matter if it's outdoors and raining. It doesn't matter if it's indoors with heating. It doesn't matter if it's in your living room or on your couch or in your bed because I know there's some people, I'm, I'm watching you, who are watching in bed right now. Can you believe that? They're watching church in bed. Slackers. Get into church. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, but one of the things that God has done again and again and again over the last two years is he has brought people into this house that have gifts that are to be used in the house of God. And I just want you to know, I am proud of you guys. I am proud of this church. I'm excited to see where we are going, uh, and I'm excited to see what God is gonna continue to do in year three. Can you believe that? Year three of this church. Um, Does anybody like camping? Uh, Beach camping? Okay, but when I say camping, I mean like camping, camping. Anybody like camping, camping? Who likes glamping, like in an RV or higher? Like, I'm not going unless it has AC. Okay, that's where my wife Brittany's at. She's just like, ah, hard pass on that. If it doesn't have at least two and a half stars, I'm not going. Um, I'm trying to get her to go on a camping trip with me this year, uh, and, I, and I hope we're going to be able to pull that off. But when I was young, I was really into camping. Uh, I believe I started probably around... Six or seven uh, camping with what we called Royal Rangers. Okay, Royal Rangers was basically the Christian equivalent to Boy Scouts, and I loved Royal Rangers because we got to we got to handle knives, we got to learn about cooking, we got to learn about camping and being a man, and it was fun. But then I realized something very quickly that when you teach how to camp in the winter in Northern California, it means that you go camping in Yosemite. And you have to dig out your spot out of the snow. So, like, (laughs) I remember going camping every year in Yosemite. uh, And we'd usually go in January or February. Which meant that literally they would have 9, 10, 11, and 12-year-olds digging out these spots out of three feet of snow. Or what felt like three feet. It was probably a foot. Okay, I'm exaggerating a little bit. But soon, you know, whatever. So, you have, like, a, a bunch of snow that you had to shovel out. And then you pitch a tent in like 20-degree weather if you're lucky. So it's freezing cold out. And then these the the, the commanders and the dads that came on the trip with us, they would help us cook dinner and they made us hot dogs. Now I am a fan of a hot dog. Now, if if I can get my, like, super favorite hot dog, it it was the old Polish dog from Costco. Come on, somebody. Anybody remember the Polish dogs? Okay. I loved those, but then I kind of got, like, a little bit upset because after the kids were done, the kids, after the boys were done eating, the men would bust out steaks. (laughs) What was this? So they had steaks after we were like, you know, hanging out around the fire. They'd they'd go sit in the kitchen and eat these nice steaks. And I was like, dude, this is so unfair. So unfair. But I loved camping. I loved being out in wilderness. I loved being not just in a tent because, I mean, let's be real. Tents aren't that great, okay? But there's something about being in nature that just like refreshes you. There's something about being outside of four walls, outside of a comfort zone that forces you to recognize, like, there is a primal instinct in me to commune with God. Most people think it's it's a primal instinct to be in nature and to forage and to hunt and all this stuff, and, and while I, I love doing that stuff, I think it is a, a return to the way things were in the Garden of Eden, that we were outside of a tent, outside of our of our comfort zone, and we were communing with God. So then, I read this. Um, I'm going to pull this back just a little bit so I can walk around. Um, I was reading this, and and verse verse six says, or verse five said that uh, Abraham Abraham. Well, this is before he turned to Abraham. It's Abram at this point. Does everybody know that story? When you have an encounter with God, it changes you. And sometimes God in the, in the Old Testament would change people's names. He did it in the New Testament too. Uh, multiple times he changes people's names after a major encounter with them. Because being in the presence of an almighty, all-powerful, all-knowing God changes something in your life. So then we get to verse 6, where it says he believed the Lord. This was a shift where Abraham finally believes God. So remember, we're we're in the middle of a conversation where God says, I'm going to bless you. And Abraham says, how are you going to bless me? I don't even have a son. Like, how can you say you're going to bless me? You won't give me the one thing that I've been asking all of my life for. How are you going to bless me? And God said, no, 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 I will I will bless you. And then in verse six, it says, he believed the Lord. This is a big deal because I think there are people who love God. I think there are people who believe in God, but they still don't believe God. And I, and I hope that that's not said of us. I love that most of the people in this room, I know personally, and I know you have a personal relationship with God. But I'm wondering this. Do you believe God? Not believing in him, not believing that he exists, not believing that he could do something. Do you believe God when he speaks? I want you to audit yourself because this is important. We can't go any further until we realize that God is not just calling us to believe in him, but believe him. So when he speaks, he means it. I'm teaching Levi right now. Um, you listened first time. Like, first, I don't, I don't want to say things eight times. First time. And if you don't, you get a spanking. And if you don't like that I give spankings, tough. That's what the Bible says to do. So take it up with God. So I tell him this, first time. If I say something and he doesn't do it, first time. And now it's getting to the point where we, we were at my, uh, my parents' house and my, my sister and brother-in-law's house, and they have a dog, Bo, and Bo didn't listen. And Levi looks at Bo, the dog, and goes, first time. (laughs) like, yes, it's sticking. He's not acting on it, but he knows it. (laughs) How many of you know it but aren't acting on it? How many know what God said to do, but you're not acting on it? So it's okay to believe in God. That's a good thing. That's a good start. You have to start there. But then do you believe that God will do what he said he would do? Better yet, maybe we need to back up just a little bit. Are you having conversations with God where he is talking to you so you can believe him? If he's not talking to you, if you're not having a regular dialogue with him, I want to encourage you, get into your word more. What is your word? Your Bible. This is the infallible, authoritative word of God in our lives. That means that everything that the Bible says is true. Lord willing, uh, you will never hear me go against scripture. I even have a, a, a couple of people on the staff who are more than welcome are more than willing to tell me when I am wrong and I love it because we hold each other accountable. I want the Word of God to have preeminence in my life. I, it has preeminence in this church. We finished this last week uh, writing all of our bylaws um, as a church. So basically we are incorporating this year and, and, and really doing our best to take the next step towards sovereignty and towards Growth and to make sure that we are planning for a future that God has for us. And one of those things that we needed to start with was bylaws. And in the bylaws, everything that we stated has a verse next to it. That way, when someone asks us, like, hey, what, what do you mean by this? Oh, well, look it up in the Bible. Here's what, here's what the Bible says. Well, where did you get this? Well, look at the Bible. It is the authoritative word for our lives. But I wonder, are you... Are you believing in God without believing God? Because I I want you to experience everything that God has for you. In fact, Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 says this, and it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and, so that's believing in God, and he rewards those who sincerely seek him. That's believing God. So if you want to go to the Father, you totally can. You have to believe in him that he exists, and you have to believe him that he wants to do good things for people. Now, I realize that not everything in your life is hunky-dory, and sometimes it's a real drag to go through life because some of us struggle with, I don't know, insomnia, anxiety, depression, like, uh, overweightness. We struggle with these things, but this is things that, yeah, overweightness. All right, I said it. Move on. I can see some people like... Is that the right way to say that? No. Obesity is the right way to say that. Thank you, Pastor Kyle. God wants to do things in and through your life. Are you believing him to do those things? Or are you taking your current reality, sitting in your anxiety, saying, this is what God has for me? Because you can't go to the Father and think that. You can go to the Father and struggle with anxiety. That's fine. Because God, I, we did an entire series on anxiety one time, and we, we basically dove into this one statement. God is comfortable in your anxiety, but the purpose of him being there with you in your anxiety is not for you to get comfortable with him in there. It's for him to get comfortable enough with you to pull you out. I wonder, are there, are there people here who would, who would say, I, you know, I, I want to see God move. I want to see God move in my life. I want to see Him move in my family. I want to see Him move in my marriage. I want to see Him move in my kids. I want to see Him move in my neighborhood. I want to see Him move at my job because I know some of you guys work some difficult jobs. It was so funny this week. Uh, We were driving down Jamboree, and that's where Brittany works, right off Jamboree. And Levi points to the building and he goes, Go to mommy's work? Like he knows exactly where she works. And it was the right building, it was the right street. And we're like, yeah, dude, that's awesome. And then mommy goes, hey, where does daddy work? And he was like, what do you mean? Daddy works at home. <laughs> well, does daddy work at Starbucks? No. Does daddy work at In N Out? No. Does daddy work at the church? no, like, wait, 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 no, 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 he does work at the church, okay? <laughs> my office looks like my dining room table, but I do work for the church. I, I want us to get comfortable where we realize that God is working in our lives. And I want to be able to point to it and say, God's working? God's working? God's working? He's working in, in your heart. He's working in your, uh, your attitudes. He's working in your place of employment. But if you can't see what God is doing, you will run wild. Did you know this? That we are programmed to see God move? I think this is why when he made the Garden of Eden, just a couple of chapters before this, we see him put man in the center of the garden, and then it says in the cool of the evening, he would come down and walk with his kids. So we were created to walk with our creator. We were programmed to see him. But if you can't see him, you will run wild. I love this. Uh, Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18 says, Where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. But blessed is he who keeps the law. That word, restraint, they cast it off. Where there is no prophetic vision, where there is no ability to see God, other translations say they will run wild or order will disappear. That's why it's, it's important to be able to see. Now, I'm not talking about eyesight. I'm talking about insight. It's important to see with your heart's eye. It's important to see the prophetic through, through the lens of Scripture and through the work of the Holy Spirit. Because if you just look at the external, at the circumstances, you might be disappointed with what you see. That's the eyesight. But if you have vision, prophetic vision, you know that there is a plan in place and you can rest knowing that he will come through. Well, what does this have to do with, what does this have to do with our birthday, Pastor Kyle? Well, I want to celebrate for a couple of minutes all of the things that God has done, but I don't want us to lose sight of what God is going to do. I don't want us to lose sight of what he wants to do in and through our church. Just so you guys know, over the last 12 months in this church, we saw 25 people give their lives to Christ here. Yeah, that's big. That's big. That means that 25 people are going to heaven with us. We have 25 more people on our team now before than we did last January. That means we have 25 more people who are adding people to the kingdom daily. We have 25 more people who are who are standing with us arm in arm saying, "I believe God. I don't just believe in him, I believe that he will do what he said he would do." We also saw 10 people baptized in water. That's really cool. I love seeing trackable moments in people's faith where you can see that God is moving in their lives. One of my favorite baptisms um, was, was Jose and Jacob's. The first one that we did here on campus. And then my favorite from last year was getting to baptize uh, Ryan and Stella. That was such a cool moment where... We got to baptize Ryan, and then Ryan helped me baptize Stella. And I was going back and watching some of the footage. And it is so cool to see people's faith in action. And sometimes you don't see it from week to week. You know, it's, it's a little mundane. Uh, we don't pay attention to the fact that, oh, Robert's here again. Cool. Thank you for being here. But what you don't realize is he has overcome so many things in the last year, and he was one of the people that we got baptized this year. So Robert took a step of faith, and then he went to his boss and says, Hey, I'm super grateful for work, but I need to be a part of my church. I want to be there on Sunday mornings. Can you help me out with that? Trackable moments in people's faith. So we saw 10 people baptized in water. Then we had our first child dedication. We dedicated five kids to the Lord. Now, that one didn't get as much clapping as as baptism, and that's okay. But let me just tell you, it's important to teach your kids the way the Lord um, in any in any uh, arena of our lives, it is important that we not keep things to ourselves, but we pass it on. So we have a responsibility as parents, and I know that there aren't a ton of parents here, but I'll speak to the ones who aren't parents yet. Start planning now how you're going to parent your kids. Start planning now how you're going to share the gospel with your kids. Because believe you me, I spent time thinking about how am I going to teach my son about God? There's a scripture that says, as you walk down the road, share the gospel with your kid. So I I can remember even thinking before Levi was born, I can't wait to hold this little dude's hand and walk down the street and share with him the goodness of God. I can't wait to take him aside in a moment of discipline and say, hey, this is the reason I'm disciplining you. Here's what the Bible says. A couple of weeks ago, he lied to me for the first time. And, you know, it's a two-year-old trying to get away with something, and it shouldn't shock everybody, but it hurt me. And I remember this moment of seeing his face, and he realized what he was doing. He knew that he was lying to me. And I said, Levi, you know what the Bible says? The Bible says that you shall know the truth. Do you know who the truth is? Because Jesus calls himself the way the truth and the life. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. This is why we don't lie in this house. So if you're, if you're single, if you're engaged, if you're, you're planning on getting married at some point in your life, start planning now how to teach your kids about God. But then parents, don't stop just because they're, they're out of your house. My parents still teach me about God. I'm turning 33 this year and I've got my own kid and they're still teaching me about God. Teach your kids how to follow the way of Christ. Now, here's, here's one that blew my mind. Our worship experiences were viewed over 12,000 times on YouTube and Facebook this year. Now, that might not mean a ton to us, but huge kudos to the production team. Guys, you guys are killing it, and I really appreciate it. It's because of your dedication, and it's because of our participation, that people are coming to know Jesus, and they're growing in their relationship with Christ online. Now, obviously, the goal would be to, to get people from the online, uh, uh, I'll, I'll say, uh, venue into personal venue. Because I believe that there's just something about rubbing elbows with people. There's just something about being in the room that you can feel the atmosphere. But I never want to forsake the people who are stuck at home, who are sick, who are, who are not able to travel the long distance. So, I'm grateful for our production team, and I'm grateful that 12,000 sets of eyes saw something this, this year that pointed them to Jesus. That's pretty cool. Then uh, we all came around the theme of a heart for the house for our year end expansion offering. And, guys, we, we together gave over $10,000 together. That's a big deal. In, in case you didn't know, that is, that is more than I raised in months of preparation to start this church, and we did it in three weeks. In case you didn't know, that is enough for this year. We're going to be totally covered. If we want to do marketing, we can do marketing. If we want to do expansion, we can do expansion. If we want to do outreach, we can, we can fund the outreach. That's pretty cool. We don't have to dip into savings. We have it set aside. We, we know we're, we're planning. We've got a plan. We've got, I'll even say, a vision. Huh. Yeah. Almost like it was purposeful. So how does this play into sleeping under the stars? Well, I want us to realize that God has done some incredible things. But I think even more than that, he wants to continue to up the ante with us. I have never seen God say, I know I did this last time. Let's do three quarters of that this time. Hey, that was really good. Why don't we dial it back a little bit? I'm, I'm not feeling super great today. In fact, the Niners are playing, and i got to watch them lose. So let's just do half. Just driving it in just a little bit further. Honestly, I don't have a dog in the fight. I'm a Brady fan, so uh, yeah. But let's let's celebrate what God has done. Let's realize that he is building this church. But then I thought it was interesting when we read this story that God called Abraham out of the tent. So Abraham and God are having a conversation in the tent and God says, come out of the tent. I gotta show you something. So, I know this is gonna look kind of crazy, but there's, Come on, Cameron, couldn't you bring me a bigger tent? It's not really comfortable in here. So they're having a conversation with God. Hi, yeah, I'm on your level now. What's up? These guys are having a conversation. God is having a conversation with Abram. And he's saying, I will bless you. And he's saying, God, how are you going to bless me? I don't even have a kid. All I have is this tent. How are you going to bless me? And the first thing that God says was not an answer to his question. The first thing that God said was, you've got to get out of your tent. You've got to get out of what was comfortable. You've got to get out of what you know. You can't stay in a tent this size and handle the blessing that I have for you. You can't, I can't get out of the tent. (laughs) There we go, my goodness. You can't stay in this and have what I have for you. The first thing that he says was get out of the tent. Did I tear my pants? No, okay, we're good. Yeah, there's a string hanging down. Thanks for that. You can't stay in the tent and have God's will. You can't stay in your comfort zone and have God's will. You can't stay in what is comfortable, in what is known, and I'll even say it this way. You can't stay in small and have God's will. He wants to do something for you, so much so that he said, get out of the tent. And then, uh, how did he say it? Let's see if I can swipe. No, it can't swipe there. There we go. Verse 5. He took him outside and said, look up to the sky and count the stars if you can. So I can just imagine he comes out. I'm not getting back in that thing. He comes out and he stands outside and he stretches. Oh. And God says, start counting the stars. Okay. One, two, three, four, five, six. God says, no, 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 no. Not the ones you could see. He doesn't limit Abram to what he can see. He said, Count the stars if you can. Well, he can't, and God knows that he can't. Because he's not just talking about the ones that are lit up on the Middle Eastern sky that night. He's talking about the ones that are on the entire side of the earth, the other side of the earth. He's talking about the ones that are so far in other galaxies that you couldn't see it at that point. He's saying, count everything that I've done. That's how much I want to do for you. Now, I'm not saying that just because God blessed Abraham with trillions of descendants... He's gonna do the same thing for you, but what I will say is God uses his word to speak prophetically over all of us regularly. In fact, most of scripture is prophetic. So when he says, get outside of your tent, go look up and, and count the stars, that's something for all of us. Get outside of your comfort zone, get outside of what you knew, and get to the point where you can start seeing prophetically what God wants to do in your life. Take away the distractions, take away the frustrations, and get to the point where you can start seeing things with your spiritual eyes. Again, we're not talking about eyesight, we're talking about insight. This is something that God is speaking over us. One of my favorite stories is when uh, Elisha goes up to the Mount of Carmel, and he does this huge barbecue thing with with God the Father, and he burns everything, and and it's, go read the story. It's amazing, it's amazing. Then at the end of this amazing story, He gets so discouraged by one word from somebody that he has to run away. I don't want to be that kind of guy. I don't want to be the kind of guy that sees 25 people come to life in Christ in the last year and then think, eh, maybe that's good enough. It's not. Because there's a ton of people out there that need to know that Jesus loves them. There's a ton of people out there that need to know he's got a plan for their life. I don't want to be the kind of pastor that says, you know what, 10 people baptized in water is enough. It's not. It's good. It's great. We love celebrating those things, and I'm not downplaying any of these things, but what I am saying is it is a foundation, not a finale. It's the beginning of something, not the end. We've got to get to the point where we can get out of our comfort zone. We can get out of our... uh, uh, tense, and start seeing things supernaturally in our lives. Close your eyes for a second. I believe this. Every single person has something that they are currently struggling with or stressing over. So picture that thing, whatever it is. I'm not trying to cause anxiety on purpose, but now I want you to begin to ask God, even in this moment, What are you doing in this? What are you doing over this? And what are you doing beyond this? Because if we don't focus on what God is doing, we'll miss it. What's He doing in this relationship? What's He doing in this marriage? What's He doing in my job? what is he calling me to do in this? I mean this not to be silly, but can you count the stars over him? Can you come out of that tent? Can you look up in the sky and start seeing the stars? You can open your eyes. I think It's good to know that God provided a tent for us. Super grateful for tents, because otherwise uh, I would have had to sleep in Yosemite Valley on the floor in the middle of the winter as a kid. Super grateful for tents. But tents are temporary. Tents were never supposed to be a permanent place of residence. We were never built to stay in one of these now, I have seen some tents, okay? This is just carnally speaking in, in, in the flesh. I have seen some Coleman tents that are really stinking nice. You can fit like 12 or 15 people in these tents, and you can have a grill. I've seen, I've seen some tents with a chimney. They have chimneys on tents. But hear me, tents are supposed to be temporary. Tents are temporary. They are supposed to be utilized for a while. They are a foundation, not a finale. We've got to move past our tent. In fact, I don't don't want us to get so comfortable in our tents that we choose not to listen to the Father. That's a word for somebody. Don't get comfortable in your tent. Don't get comfortable in what you're currently seeing. Don't get comfortable in in your current situation. Get to the point where you can get out of your tent, you can look up to the stars, and start realizing that there is a God that is speaking things over you. That is speaking things to your heart. And if you really feel like, hey, Pastor Kyle, I'm not hearing his voice, then I want to encourage you, take some time this week and just sit in silence. Don't listen to headphones. Just sit in silence. Don't watch TV. Don't put on some worship music. Just sit in silence. Practice this. It is a spiritual discipline called silence. And then here's what I want you to do. Pay attention to the thoughts that run through your head. Because when God speaks to me, it sounds a lot like my voice. Okay, I'm not saying that God has this booming voice and he gives me a thus saith the Lord every time. He doesn't. But you know what? It sounds like my voice saying things that I would not say. I'm naturally kind of a jerk. Hey, be cool. I'm naturally lazy. In fact, we all naturally gravitate towards the sinful nature. And so if you hear something in your, in your head and it sounds like your voice, but it's saying, forgive them, write it down. And I mean, on pen and paper, sometimes analog gets things stuck in your, in your motor skills better. And so you can actually practice listening to the voice of God. When you write things down, you hear him say, forgive them, then you need to go forgive them, then write down your response to that. I did it. Because when you write something down, you retain it. So when you write down the things that God speaks to your heart, you're retaining it more. And now you have a baseline for next time. Then you go back and you hear him again. And he says, don't just forgive them, but treat them well. Spoil them. Go above and beyond. Okay. Okay, I'll do it. When he says, resign, resign. When he says, go for it, go for it. When he says, move, move. When he says, stop, you stop. But you've got to be willing to get out of the tent. Don't get comfortable in the tent. Now, I am not talking, please hear me, I am not talking about envisioning your preferred future. There's a difference between the prophetic and pathetic. Okay? envisioning your preferred future generally means the easiest route from point A to point B, and that is rarely the track that God wants to take you on. So when he's speaking to you, when he's calling you to start seeing things in the future, you've got to realize it's going to be a rocky road. Believe you me, I have in the last two and a half, I'll say three years now, I have had some of the hardest, loneliest, heart-wrenching moments in my life planting this church. I have been stabbed in the back, I have been mistreated, I have been talked about poorly, I have been degraded in some circles, and I know to this day there are people talking about us. And you know what? I've also got friends like you guys who I can go to, and I love being with you. I am excited to go to lunch with you today. I can't wait. The presence of God is just better with a double-double in your hand. I am ecstatic that we have over the last two years seen over 50 people come to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. I'm excited that this last year we baptized 10 people. We got to see people actually move in the spirit. And now I'm asking that God would use that and say, I have more for you. I told our crew this morning, if if the vision that you think God has given you doesn't scare you, it's not from God. Now, I don't mean that it's like spooky, (laughs) okay? But I do mean if it's so small that you think, I could probably knock that out in the next couple of years. It's probably not from God. He's always going to challenge you to the point where you're like, I can't do that on my own. And he's saying, exactly. I want to get you to the point where you have to rely on me. I want to get you not in your tent. I want to drag you out of your tent and put you out under the stars, and I want you to get comfortable underneath the stars, where you're comfortable seeing the things that the Father has spoken over your life through the Word of God, through the Spirit of God, so that He can move in and through your life. I want to see us regularly sleep under the stars. Now, I'm believing, guys, this is the year we're going to get a building. We're not going to be under the stars, literally, okay? (laughs) That's at least the goal. Please, Jesus, come through on that one, okay? So I'm not talking about being crazy and giving up your house, but I am talking about having crazy faith and listening to God, taking steps of faith. I've noticed this, though, that oftentimes God's word doesn't look like my world. My world looks a little messed up. Our world <laughs> looks a little messed up. The one we live in, the, the current reality, it looks a little messed up. I'm not going to touch the politics. Even if you took the politics off the side, it still looks messed up. It still looks like people slinging insults at each other. It still looks like people tearing each other down. It looks like sin running rampant. I'm going to step on some toes, and I know it. And I wrestled over this, but God said, it's got to be said, sleeping with someone outside of the confines of marriage is a sin. Homosexuality is a sin. Greed is a sin. Porn is a sin. Not teaching your kids what is right is a sin. Did you know that? That you could sin by simply not teaching them the right thing? But it says, train up a child. In the way he should go. When he gets older, he will not depart from it. And sometimes they stop there, but the the verse keeps going and it says, And if they do, they will come back. Because his arm is not too short to grab people and bring them back. And I am believing that this will be a house of people who are willing to reach out and bring people back from the fray. We've heard a lot this week about fringe minorities. I'm looking for those people. I'm looking for the fringe minority in in people who are stuck in a life of addiction, and I want to bring them in. I want to see them healed, set free, delivered, and then turned into evangelists. I want to see people who are struggling in their relationships, not just built up, just the two of them, come together as one person in a marital relationship and then model what marriage looks like for people. I'm excited to see Matt and Kelsey get married this year. I'm excited to see you guys not just get married this year, but then start, start modeling for some of the other people what marriage looks like, what a God-centered marriage looks like. Castaneda's, we're all watching you. We're paying attention to what God is doing in your family. And I even know that Salvador is watching. Salvador, we're watching you. That was not a threat. It was not supposed to come off like a threat. We love you, and I'm believing this. I remember baptizing you, and God still wants to do a work in your life. God still wants to pull you out of your tent. Guys, we've got to get comfortable sleeping under the stars where we are seeing the things with our spiritual eyes that God wants to do in and through us. So what do we do when our world doesn't look like God's word? We look up. Start counting stars. Start counting the things, maybe it's in your journal. Start counting the things that he said to you. Start paying attention to where he's moving. You have to get out of your tent because the tent will lie to you. If you stay in the tent, you'll get comfortable in the tent. I don't know if you know this, but when you stay in a tent overnight and it's cold outside, the tent actually will keep you insulated inside. Your body heat will radiate off the walls. And so it will lie to you about what the temperature is outside. Then you open the door, you're like, oh, (laughs) That's cold. The tent will lie to you. It'll make you comfortable and keep you hostage. But did you know that if you'll get outside and see the stars, it says the stars' job is to declare the goodness of God. So if you'll start counting stars, you're going to start counting things that are declaring the goodness of God, the the prophetic words of God. I don't want to sleep in a tent, I want to sleep under the stars. I want to see what God has for us. And so we took our leadership team away for a couple of days, uh, a day-ish, two weeks ago. And I started sharing with them some of the vision for this year. Because I, I think it's really good to put a huge vision. Like when we were starting the church, I told people, I wanna, we, we, we want to build a Death Star together where we can all come together and point our resources at one need and we can eliminate that need. I don't mean Death Star in a creepy way or a bad way. I don't want to kill people. But I do want to focus energy. And, and I think through COVID, we did a good job of, of ministering to our neighbors. And then this last year, we've kind of gotten a little comfortable in a routine. And I think routine is good. It's good to have a rhythm to your life. But this year, I want to see us reach out. I want to see us do outreaches to our community, with our community, for our community, that will bring people into this house. I don't want to exclusively serve our community so that they end up here. I want to serve our community so they end up there. If they come here, praise God, we'll love them. We'll treat them right. We're going to care for them. We're going to make sure they have fun. We can make sure they get a burger by the end of the day. Hey, that's how we roll. But I'm more interested in them coming to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. We all have an opportunity to do this, by the way, and this is one of the goals that we have set this year as a leadership team. We want to see our weekly attendance go from right now we're in the 40s, 50s. I want to see us go to 100 by the end of the year in weekly, regular attendance. You know what that's going to mean? Every one of us this year has to focus on bringing at least one person to church. Now, you might be superstars like Jeremy. Jeremy has brought so many people to church, it's not even funny. Then you might be another superstar like the Seagulls who have, who have brought so many people with them in the last couple weeks. It's exciting to see who they're going to bring next. I just kind of like sit up on Saturday nights thinking like, I wonder who they're going to bring tomorrow. It's pretty cool. We all have to have that mentality. We've got to have this, this thought that there are people in your sphere of influence, that means at work and at home and in your neighborhoods, that, that you could invite. I texted a couple people yesterday. Hey, haven't seen you in a couple weeks. would love to have you at church with us. Hey... You need to get in church. And I'm bold. My, my wife tells me this all the time. I'm just bold. Someone actually called me bold this week, and I told him outright. I'm like, okay, well, if I'm bold, then I got a word for you. <laughs> I just tell people, you need to be in church. Period. It's the will of God for your life. You need to be involved in a community. That's, that's the will of God for your life. He says, do not forsake the gathering. Welcome to the gathering. God said, you need to be here. Let's be here. We might as well make it as fun as we can. We might as well have a great band. We might as well have fun afterwards, but you need to be plugged in. I love that over 90% of our churches involved in small groups this year. That's pretty good. That's really good. In fact, that's great. Okay? Most churches have between 30 and 40% participation. And we're rocking over 90%. But there's still more. And I don't know if you know this about me, but I get, I get passionate, and I'm hungry to see every person plugged into a small group. Get plugged into a place that is going to feed you. James chapter 5 says that forgiveness comes through Christ, but healing comes through community. It says, if you will confess your sins to each other, there will be healing. Now, I'm not talking about coming in and saying, well, guess what, guys? This is what I did this week. Here you go. Deal with it. I'm talking about being around people who are going to encourage you and and help you and mold you into the Christ-likeness then I'm believing this, that this year we will have a building of our own. We're praying for it. We're believing for it. We're saving for it. We're we're excited about this. But it is going to take all of us regularly helping out. I'm hoping that all of you end up joining us at at In-N-Out. But help us tear this place down. I believe this. The building that God has for us is hinging on us being faithful with what we have right now. God always starts off with something small. He always starts off with a small tent. And let me tell you from experience this morning, this is a small tent. But don't let it fool you. This is a small tent. Don't let it fool you. Because if you only see with your with your physical eyes, you will miss seeing with your spiritual eyes and miss seeing what God wants to do. We've kind of hinted at a building that we've, we've been looking at and working with and I'm hesitant to share this, but I will. Months ago, I was walking around the building, praying over it, walking the perimeter, and just saying, God, I I know that you can do this. I know that you can provide for this. I want to see your will be done in this. And all of a sudden, in, in the spirit, I heard songs coming out of the building. Like there was something in the building, and they were coming out. And I began to tear up and and I, I said, God, I can hear, I can hear the songs that are gonna be written in this place. And then as I came around the side, you can kind of peek through and see a lobby. It's a long hallway. And I said, God, I can see the people of whose lives are being changed because of this place. I started seeing stars. I started seeing with my spiritual eyes what he could do in this place. And I said, God, if this isn't your will, please don't show me. I'm open to whatever he wants to do. And if it's that building, praise God. And if it's another one, praise God. But I'm believing this. There is something for us this year that we as a community get to step into if we will all partner together. It's going to take all of us serving, giving, attending, and expecting. I started it off this way. I'm going to end this way this morning. Ben, you can come on back up. I know we got to get out of here soon. You don't even have to go back the back way. You can just come straight up. We're not fooling anybody. (laughs) I believe this. It is going to be our expectation. It's going to be our expectation that sets the tone for what we step into. Are you expecting God to move? Are you stepping outside your tent and starting to count the stars? I'll end with this. The last goal that we have set for this year is this. We want to be a destination in people's week. Like As a church, we want to be a destination. Now, I don't mean Disneyland, okay? I don't mean somewhere that like we're this huge attraction that people can come in, And get their popcorn and leave I don't want this ever to be a house where people come in and they get their weekly dose of guilt and then they can head off to Chili's or whatever I want this to be a house where people come and they are excited to hear what God's going to speak, they're excited to see what God's going to do and they're excited to be called to something greater I want to see a step into that I want to be a destination in people's week where people can't wait to get here and they don't want to leave once they are here that's the kind of destination I want to be. And it was cool because I wrote this down before we went on our leadership retreat. And then the week before our leadership retreat, one of the kids said, I want to go back. Like they were anticipating coming. And then once they were here, they had so much fun that they didn't want to leave. Then once they did leave, they told their parents, I want to come back. It's going to take all of us sleeping under the stars together. It's going to take all of us, just like Abram at the beginning of this passage, says he believed God. I'm thrilled that there are people here who believe in God, but will you believe with me that God will do this? I have said it for, for months on end now. This is a move of God, and don't let small, don't let the tent fool you. We have influence in this city. We have influence in the Spirit. We are a Spirit-filled, life-giving church. I want to see us go to the next level this year. A hundred people in weekly attendance. I want to see a building. I want to see us become a destination. And I want to see everybody in a small group. That's what we're after this year. Now, I'm asking, as your pastor, will you help? Because I can't do it alone. I can't. I can drag people to church. I've dragged some of you to church. (laughs) I can't do it alone. So I need your help inviting your friends. You have access to people that I don't have access to. I need you to bring your friends. I need you to bring people that you meet on the streets. And then let's all grow deeper. Let's mature together because there's another part of this verse, and, and maybe I'll get to it another time, that God never called Abraham out of the tent to show him stars and then leave him there. There was action on his part on Abram's part, he had to do something to see God's will come to pass in his life and now it's time for us to step up. So I'd love it if you do this with me, stand to your feet. Just as a a gesture, would you put your hands out in front of you? Father, I'm so grateful for what you're doing We want to receive everything that you have for this church. I know that this is the year that you are going to expand this church's influence. This is the year that you're going to build your people up. This is the year that you are going to set these people free. Father, I know that there are people who walked in through this door this morning who are dealing with with addictions. They're dealing with bad motives. They're dealing with with frustrations. They're dealing with harsh uh, relationships. And so, Father, this is the year that you're working in those things. And just as a little while ago we closed our eyes and thought of that thing, I know this is the time that you are choosing to work in those situations that we're all praying about. Now, Father, I pray that you would help us step out of our tents so that we could hold what you have for us. I know there are people who are joining us online right now. And I hope you're holding your hands out in front of you as well. Because this isn't limited by location. God's will is never bound to our confines. He wants to do something in and through your life. And so Father, I know that there are people who are praying for financial breakthrough. I pray that you bring that. This is the year of financial breakthrough. This is the year that we're giving up the addiction. This is the year that you're helping your kids grow deeper in you. But Father, as a church, we come before you and I ask that you would help us, give us the courage and the strategies that we need to grow this church to 100 people in weekly attendance. Give us the strategy and the courage to get every person into a small group. Give us the courage, the ability, the strategy, and then I pray, God, a special anointing of finances on this church so we can buy our own building this year. Father, you, you know that we have stored well everything that we have here. And so now I ask for your blessing on your people. And then God, I pray that you would help us as a church to set a tone, a, a culture, an atmosphere where people see this as a destination in their week. We wanna be somewhere where people can't wait to be because your presence is falling. Your word is here and your presence is powerful here. And people don't wanna leave, but then when they do walk away, they are, they're taking your presence with them, but they can't wait to get back. So, Father, would you use us? You can have our hands. You can have our finances. You can have our lives. Use us. We ask all this in the powerful, mighty name of Jesus. Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with a friend. Leave a comment and rate this podcast but make sure to give us five stars. In the description, you can find the website, the socials, and all that good stuff. Special thanks to those who give generously. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. If you'd like to partner with us, you can click the link in the description below. Join us live on Sundays, either in person or on YouTube or Facebook, and we'll see you soon. Thanks for listening.